obsessed. How are you feeling after the semifinals? In some ways, I guess they weren't a shocker because the top four teams again seemed to prove their place on the ladder. I think there could have been a potential blowout in my mind before the weekend, but it turned out to be for a different game than I expected. Compared to last week's games, it was pretty different, and I would have to say especially stark this week was the Collingwood and Geelong game, because Collingwood didn't look confident after their massive showing last week, and the two teams had completely different body language. But we are only a couple of weeks away from what will surely be a historic grand final, because it will be a night grand final, and I have to admit I'm a big fan of the Twilight games, But some other changes that they're making this year, obviously the shortened quarters at 16 minutes each, but they're also putting the longest break at halftime, so it'll be 27 minutes this time around, which will enable them to hold, as Mark Stevens put it, a halftime music extravaganza. So I'm really interested in kind of what that will look like, because it's something that Americans love. The music entertainment component sometimes rivals what happens on the field. And on top of that, I'm surprised the AFL hasn't considered special commercials in the past for the grand final, as far as I know, if someone wants to tell me any different. But I think it might really help for this year to recoup some of the money loss. But I guess now that I think about it, (laughs) frankly, just give me footy. Like, I don't need all of the entertainment when it comes to AFL, but that's just me. And really, congrats to the Saints and Collingwood for getting this far in such a crazed season. I know it's really hard to swallow when you get this far and it's a loss, but it's still such a big deal, especially for this season during a pandemic. And you should be really proud of yourselves. Before we get to the games, there has been so much sports news here as we wind down the AFL season. So LeBron and the Lakers won the NBA championship. After the last game where the Heat were on top, the Lakers won this one comfortably. So LeBron won his fourth NBA title. You guys may or may not know I love LeBron. And Jimmy Butler was a worthy adversary, I would say, this season. But most notably, the NBA managed to get through their entire season without a single positive COVID test for players or staff in a state that is literally riddled with the virus. So mad props to the league and how they've managed their bubble. I hope the NFL takes a cue and also college football from everything they've done, even though I know there's a lot of moving parts. And the AFL also has, for the most part, done that, albeit in an area with far less cases, but it's still such an impressive effort, and we all appreciate that they've given us this season. And also, just before we get to the games, the newsletter is out, so you can still shoot me an email if you'd like a copy of the AFL Playbill. It's going to be a little different from other newsletters. I'm not trying to spam you. That's not my style. It's just an extension of the pod. And there's pics of Andrew and I and what we've been up to since the adventure to the Southwest in the U.S. started. And I'm sharing pics of the places we've been hiking to if you want to see some bow landscape sunrises and sunsets. I'm just including the things you can't see on a pod and also snippets of stories that don't make it onto the pod in future. So I'll be sending it out once a month going forward with updates. 
And my inbox and DMs are always open if you want or need to chat and about non-footy too. So my email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter. But back to the semifinals. So for the Tigers versus Saints game, the Saints were definitely going into this missing some of their key players, but they made the contest competitive and I really appreciate that they fought right up until the end. I think the perfect illustration of this game would be Ben Patton's face as he walked off because he got an elbow bump to the head in the first quarter. Again, just looking like a car accident victim with blood just pouring down the front of his face and the back of his head. And he just kind of had to stand off to the side with like a towel. It really is unfortunate though that they were missing some of their best 22. And they're a really young team, but I'm confident they'll be back in future. But Richmond ultimately won this game by 31 points. My fave moments were definitely... Shea Bolton's two belters in a minute and then another goal all together in the game. They were all amazing and he's such a superstar to me. Sidebar though, also at Metricon Stadium, there's a section in the audience area that they always kind of cut to when they have games there with a pool. And I've just always been fascinated by this because the camera panned this time to just kind of kids in the pool living their best life And as a kid, I'm imagining combining like two of my favorite things. If there was ever a pool, I would never want to get out of it. And being able to watch that and footy at the same time, I mean, life goals. (laughs) In the Cats versus Pies game, the Cats were on it from the start and dominant for the entire game. It was a bit of a demolition. I really hate to say that, especially after Collingwood's amazing comeback last weekend. And it was hard to see that the struggle is like real. They scored one goal in the entire first half and a behind in the third quarter. So with only seven points going into the last quarter, it was definitely hard to watch. They were able to make a few more goals, but ultimately Geelong won by 68 points. My fave moments would definitely have to be Danger just as a full forward. I've always thought that he's living up to his name. He's so dangerous on the field. He was lethal in this game. I mean, even when he got flattened at one point by Quainar, he just popped back up and he kicked two amazing check side goals. So those were definitely my fave moments. But really, there's so much to go over about the round overall beyond the on-field performances. So let's move on to my breakdowns of the rounds, pure class, hard pass, and just trash. For pure class, everything that was outstanding about the round to me, number one, well, the whole Geelong game really, but Selwood especially, who will surely play next weekend, and it will be his 10th prelim final, which is a crazy stat, and he is the only player to achieve that in the history of the AFL. Number two, Tomahawk gets his 600th goal. So congrats to him for that milestone. Number three, Andy McGraw's extension with Essendon. I feel like the club needs some light and hope right now. And yes, it is interesting he only signed on for two more years, but I'll take what I can get. I'm sure it's either due to salary cap issues or McGraw's personal preference that it's not longer, but I'm just glad that they were able to sign someone. Number four, Travis Varco calls time on his career. I'm sure everyone will remember that he kicked the first goal in two grand finals. He was a premiership player for Geelong, I want to say twice, and 
his sister passed away before the grand final with Collingwood. So it was a really emotional moment. And I think I'll always remember him for those things. But congrats on a great career for two different clubs. And number five, Maynard going around after the Collingwood game. And he was just there for his teammates afterwards in the locker room and showing them some love with like high fives and daps after a pretty hard, devastating loss. So props to him for that. And number six, this year there will be a female co-host for the Brownlow Medal Ceremony. So Jackie Felgate will be co-hosting with Hamish McLaughlin. And Lockie Neal is the fave, I think, to win. And since I love him, I would love that for him too. But congrats in advance to the winner. Traditionally, the ceremony is held on the Monday night before AFL Grand Final Day, but everything is different this year. So it's actually on October 18th this year, and that's the Sunday before the Grand Final Day. As for hard pass, because there's some things we can just bypass from the round or leave behind. Number one, Trent Cotchin's tackle on Zach Jones, where he gripped Zach's neck and kind of sling tackled him to the ground in a way where he slammed him on his back and it looked really dangerous. And the way that Zach kind of grabbed at his back too after the fall. But Cotchin got off with just a fine. If your name is Toby Green, Jake Stringer, or even Mitch Robinson, I'm sorry, you're getting at least a week for that. And number two, there were some rumors coming from the Essendon club after Adam Saad's announcement to leave last week that he is a selfish player and not willing to do certain things that coaches ask him to was such a shock to me because it doesn't seem sincere, I guess, given that he's finished high up in the best and fairest. And especially when you're trying to sell an asset, just negotiating against yourself by doing that was just kind of shocking to me. So hard pass on that. And number three, Razor Ray's center bounces in the games. He is a fairly divisive ump, I understand that. And I really do hate to ump dump because it's a pretty thankless and tough job. But his bounces were noticeably off for quite a few games. And I'll never forget Chris Scott in week one of finals kind of storming onto the field at halftime to let him know how he felt about that. But hard pass on that. And I guess he's being dropped for the remaining games. As for just trash, anything that belongs in the bin, and we never have to address it again, I really just have to say one thing for this. Tom Lynch tackling and sitting on Dougal Howard's head afterwards, and then kind of kneeing him in the face as he got up. I thought that that was pretty shocking to see, especially since, you know, we're all about protecting the head. But he got up and kind of walked away from that. And you could just tell, I think, that Dougal was a little bit stunned by that happening. But Tomlin shouldn't get anything for that, not even a fine. So I just have to say, just trash for that particular action. But what are your pure class hard pass and just trash picks for the round? I'm really curious. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you'd like to share your thoughts. As for this weekend, in the Port versus Richmond game, gosh, that's so hard because I love both teams. I would love to see Port take this. I think they've had a stellar season, but Richmond are the reigning premiers. So this game will be really exciting because it's two number one teams facing off. So I'm really excited about that game. And in the Brisbane versus Geelong game, this is going to be tough. 
I think Brisbane will ultimately take out Geelong, but I wouldn't underestimate the Cats' hunger with their experience and leadership that they have in the group for this. I would just really love the win for Fagan and the team, but honestly, I'd be no less happy if Geelong wins this. So we'll have to see what happens, but I'd love to know your predictions too. And Andrew's birthday is this week, so we'll be celebrating in isolation. And because he's the epitome of pure class, this epi is for him. But stay safe and healthy, everyone. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.